We're now going to move to environmental sustainability. And our next speaker will be talking about maintaining sustainable advocacy campaigns. How to cut through, and it's a very noisy market if you think about it, everyone's vying for our attention in all different ways. Now, our speaker is Isaac Astor. He's been active in environmental campaigns since he was 17. And he's active in non-violent but disruptive tactics and corporate campaigning. And he currently works on the Stop Adani campaign. So please stand and give a big round of applause to Isaac Astor. Hello, everyone. How's everyone doing? How's everyone doing? All right, that's what I want to hear. Uh, I'd like to begin by uh, acknowledging the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, the land on which we meet today, and pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Uh, I'd also like to acknowledge uh, the Wangan and Jagalingu people, uh, who are the traditional owners of the land on which Adani wants to build their coal mine. Uh, the Wangan and Jagalingu people are opposed to Adani's coal mine. They have said no on five separate occasions. Uh, and I personally find their sort of unwavering strength and power uh, personally uh, deeply humbling. So I want to pay my acknowledgements to them as well. Um, yeah, my name is Isaac. Uh, I'm a co-founder and co-coordinator of an organisation called Tipping Point. And our mission is to support uh, the grassroots, uh, relentless grassroots movement of groups working on the Stop Adani campaign to stop uh, Adani's coal mine. Um, but I just quickly uh, did want to start with a question. So if you know the answer to this question, please put your hand up really high because the house lights are quite dark. Uh, can you please put your hand up for me if you've heard of a sort of a large country town uh, called Adelaide? Anyone? Anyone here? Great, a few geography buffs in the room, I can see, fantastic. Um, and can you please put your hand up as well uh, if you've heard of a town called Yankalilla? Okay, maybe a few South Australians in the room, maybe a few people pretending to be South Australians. Uh, so Yankalilla, uh, it's a few hours south of Adelaide. Uh, it's a small town, it's about 900 people. It's very cosy, it's very picturesque. Uh, it's absolutely chockers with cows, uh, it's a dairy farming area. And um, if you've known me for about five minutes, which many of you room uh, have now, uh, you'll know about Yankalilla because it's where I'm from, it's my hometown. Uh, now, I really love this photo of Yankalilla because it shows you just how hardworking the locals are. Uh, as you can see, they built the jetty, uh, the jetty there just so that it touches the water and then they were <laughs> thought, that, yeah, that'll do and sort of left it at that. Um, Jetty jumping is not a problem in our area. Um, <laughs> or you learn a very quick lesson if you try. So, but however, I do love this photo of Yankalilla because it, uh, for me, really the heart and soul of my hometown is its beach. Uh, the sand is uh, clean, the water is always calm. Um, and it really does, you, you can't quite tell in this photo, but it spans endlessly in either direction. And it's bordered by these beautiful sand dunes as well. Uh, and they're home to a, a vulnerable species uh, known as the hooded plover. Uh, um, but, you know, there are less than 75 of these left in the sand dunes uh, around where I live. Um, and yeah, no matter how long I am away, um, and I live in Sydney these days, um, when I go home, and I stand on that beach, and I breathe in that air, I am home. 
Uh, now, you know, uh, I went to our local area school and we were taught about climate change and I wanted to know what did climate change mean for our local area. So I did a bit of Googling uh, and I found out that our local government had actually done research into what climate change meant for us about 10 years ago. Uh, they were really on top of it. And amongst other things, the report found uh, that over the next 50 years, uh, the dunes of our beach would be eroded some 5 to 30 metres uh, by freak storm surges, sort of supercharged by climate change. So, uh, again, can you put it up really high? Can you put your hand right up if you remember those uh, storms that caused blackouts in South Australia a couple of years ago? Cool, yeah, it was all over the news. Um, well, I went home shortly after those storms. Uh, it was my grandma's birthday. I always try and go home for that. Um, and mum said uh, we should go down the beach so we could see what had happened. And uh, we did, and I was shocked. Um, basically, uh, about five metres of the dunes had been totally gouged by the storm surges. Uh, you can see there's a sort of uh, pine fencing log, quite a long one there for a bit of scale. Um, and basically it created a cliff of sand that went the whole length of the beach, uh, obviously taking uh, many hooded plover nesting sites with it. Uh, and you know, the, so the report was right. Ten years in to its 50-year predictions, already five metres were gone. Um, my home was being transformed in front of my very eyes, uh, and soon, you know, if the predictions kept going, would be changed forever. So it really is that shock and heartache that drives me in my work for real action on climate change uh, because it doesn't have to be like this. Um, so it's in that spirit that I want to talk to you today about the Stop Adani campaign, uh, a campaign that I work on as part of that fight for real action on climate change. So uh, today uh, you've obviously been hearing a lot about how to care for yourselves, how to care for your community. Um, I'll be talking a little bit about, yeah, how do we care to make sure that we have a sort of more sustainable and prosperous future for all of us, for our communities, for ourselves. And so on that theme, I'm briefly going to run through what is the Stop Adani campaign and why we have to win, a case study outlining one of our early victories, um, where we need to go to win once and for all, uh, and ways that you can get involved in the campaign. And there'll be a bit of time for questions at the end, so I'd love to hear from you. Uh, does that sound like a plan? Great, excellent. Well, let's get into it. So, as I said, you know, climate change, it is hurting my hometown, uh, but it is also hurting Australia at large. Uh, like last year, we experienced bushfires uh, along most of the coast of New South Wales. Put your hand up. Do you, would anyone live near those bushfires that we had sort of last winter, 2019? Maybe not. Maybe as many people. Especially the south coast, there was something like 80 fires all burning across New South Wales in winter. And that is because climate change leads to dry conditions for longer uh, all the way into winter, creating sort of tinderbox conditions. Uh, you know, moreover, as other parts of the country get drier, other parts of the country get wetter, uh, such as the sort of unprecedented floods that we had in Townsville very recently. And that is just because warmer air can hold more water. And then when it drops it, it drops it all at once. Uh, and of course, uh, and I almost hate to raise it, uh, like straight up, half of the Great Barrier Reef is permanently dead forever. Uh, and that is entirely attributable, uh, attributed to warming water because of climate change. Uh, and I'm sure we all remember, but you know, last summer was the hottest uh, summer Australia has ever experienced. 
uh, with a number of major centres uh, almost reaching 50 degrees. Anyone here from uh, Penrith or around? Put your hand right up. A couple of people. I mean, I'm sure you remember uh, not last summer, but the summer before that. Um, Penrith reached 47 degrees. And absolutely, climate change and the warming of our planet is having a massively disproportionate impact on regional areas as well as uh, on, uh, on Greater Western Sydney. And of course, this has huge implications for the health of Australians. I mean, you would all be able to tell uh, me far better than I can tell you, um, especially nurses in regional areas, that heat waves are seriously dangerous uh, and often fatal. Uh, in fact, last summer there were reports of medical centres that were already overflowing with patients suffering from overheating, uh, and then the aircon conked out because it couldn't deal with the heat. Um, so, you know, our bodies, our buildings, everything in Australia, nothing's built for that 50 degrees. Everything sort of starts to crumble. And I suppose the thing that is so frustrating about this problem is that we know what causes climate change. Uh, and it's, it's coal. Pollution from burning coal is the number one cause of climate change by a country mile, which is a big deal for Australia because we dig and burn, uh, we dig and ship overseas more coal than any other nation on earth. Um, now, I do want to acknowledge that obviously that does mean a lot of people work in the coal industry. Uh, there could even be people in this room that uh, either work in the coal industry or did or have a close connection to someone that does. Uh, and I think that, uh, you know, there is no doubt that uh, the climate movement and those uh, communities that rely on coal need to work together to find a way through this issue. Uh, I think the media have run a remarkably divisive campaign to try and pit us against one another, um, especially because we know that the problem are those coal magnates who own the coal mines and will do anything to sort of keep those exorbitant profits coming through. Uh, as well as our government's complete refusal to take the problem seriously and put in place a plan for an orderly transition beyond coal uh, to the many alternatives that exist. Um, you know, other countries have done it, so can we. So, uh, absolutely did want to acknowledge that, but I mean, one thing is for sure, more coal mining is moving in the wrong direction. So uh, at a time when climate change is you know, incredibly serious, we should be moving beyond coal, uh, a coal billionaire uh, called Adani uh, wants to uh, build a new coal mine in far west Queensland. In fact, it would actually be the biggest coal mine in Australia. Uh, so not only moving in the wrong direction, but moving in the wrong direction bigger than we've ever have before. And I think the coal industry know that more and more Australians are becoming concerned about climate change and that you know, more and more Australians are getting active, joining the climate movement, pushing the nation beyond coal. The coal industry truly does know their days are numbered. Um, but the coal industry also know that if they can get a Darnie's coal mine over the line, it'll give the entire coal industry a new lease on life. And, and vice versa, if a Darnie's coal mine is defeated, that really will spell the end of new coal mines in Australia so we can get on with the job of an orderly transition beyond coal. And so, uh, you know, that really is why the entire coal industry is rallying behind Adani's coal mine. So it's in the face of the entire coal industry uh, that really only one thing has been holding back Adani's coal mine. And that is everyday Australians. That is people power, people 
getting organised in their communities, working together with friends and new friends to find ways through uh, to stop this coal mine. So, you know, what does that grassroots movement look like? Well, I want to deep dive uh, into uh, one example in particular. It's one of my favourites. Uh, and it is in early 2017, uh, Adani really began to ramp up their efforts uh, on their coal mine. And people were furious, like right now, when climate change is really biting in Australia, is this the time for a new coal mine? Uh, and, but there was really no way for that fury that people were feeling to be channelled into action. And so an alliance of organisations, uh, not just environment organisations, uh, there was the Jesuit Social Services were part of this as well, the Surfriders Foundation, many different walks of life, uh, came together to decide on a campaign that could act as an umbrella campaign. And they decided, keep it simple, put the mission in the name, make the logo simple. So, and at the time, one of the prerequisites, I'm not entirely sure why, was make it so simple you could uh, basically draw it in the shower. Uh, not sure who all these people are that we want protesting in showers, but, you know, I'm sure every little bit helps. Just don't post those photos online. Um, and so the Stop Anani campaign was launched. Nobody owned the logo. It was open source logo, so everyone could use it. Uh, but it acted as a uniting umbrella for all these different organisations to unite underneath as part of a united campaign. Uh, so, you know, how would the coal mine be stopped? Well, to deep dive on uh, yeah, one particular example, uh, almost every major coal and gas project in Australia has got uh, significant backing of at least one of the big four banks. So that's Westpac, Combank, NAB or ANZ. And without the backing of Australian banks, a lot of international banks are hesitant to invest in projects. Sort of, if it doesn't have that domestic buy-in from banks, they're hesitant to sort of uh, invest themselves. So we knew that if the big four banks didn't fund Adani's coal mine, then it would mean many international banks uh, would also be hesitant to work with Adani. And without the money Adani needed, their coal mine wouldn't be able to go ahead. Just out of curiosity, who here is with one of these big four banks? ANZ, now put your hand right up in the air. Yeah, a lot of people, exactly. They're, they're incredibly widespread institutions, which was one of the great things about them from a campaigning point of view. Uh, now, Combank had actually already loaned Adani hundreds of millions of dollars uh, for a different uh, project that Adani had. And because of this, it seemed like Combank would be the most likely bank to invest in Adani again. Uh, and so it was really... Uh, and so they were really chosen as the first target of the campaign. They would be the ones that we would push to rule out Adani's coal mine, uh, first cab off the rank. And so uh, the campaign, there was also this ongoing campaign that was run by some organisations. I do want to acknowledge that work. Organisations like Market Forces and 350 Australia uh, that have been campaigning for a long time to get Commonwealth Bank uh, to rule out investing in coal and other fossil fuels. So... We had this, uh, you know, we decided, okay, Commonwealth Bank, first cab off the rank, uh, let's at least send them a letter and uh, let them know we'd really love it if they uh, didn't invest 
in Adani's coal mine. So lots of organisations got together. They sent Commonwealth Bank a really polite letter. And, um, and yeah, and Commonwealth Bank replied that, uh, well, no, they weren't going to rule it out. You know, thanks for the polite letter, though. And so we had the campaign. We had the target. We had something we needed that target to do. We'd asked them very politely if they would do it. They had said no, uh, and so we knew we needed to make them do it. But of course, you know, here's the rub. Uh, at the time, Commonwealth Bank was actually the biggest corporation in Australia uh, by a country mile. Uh, so, you know, uh, kind of maybe worried that we'd potentially bitten off more than we could chew in that regard. Um, but, uh, you know, it meant that we were going to need a lot of power to move the biggest corporation in Australia. Uh, and that, was gonna, that meant that we were going to need a lot of people. And so that's what we said about building. So just like before, uh, you know, so actually, again, out of curiosity, can you put your hand right up in there if you're with Commonwealth Bank specifically? Commonwealth Bank customers in the room, right up in the air. Yeah, like that's easily like a quarter of this room. So, you know, Commonwealth Bank were a very ideal target because, you know, there really were pressure points everywhere. Uh, every city has a Commonwealth Bank headquarters. Every town has a Commonwealth Bank branch. Uh, every main road has a Commonwealth Bank ATM. Uh, every conference has lots of people who are Commonwealth Bank uh, customers. Um, they were everywhere. Uh, but unluckily for them, so was our movement. Uh, and so many organisations that were working to stop Adani, organisations like the Australian Conservation Foundation, 350.org, the Australian Youth Climate Coalition, they put out calls uh, for people to form local groups uh, and to adopt local bank branches that they would then begin to put pressure on. Uh, and by the end of that call, uh, so yeah, when those local groups are formed, they would then adopt a local Commonwealth branch. That would be the thing that they would uh, put pressure on, calling on Commonwealth Bank uh, to rule out funding for Adani's coal mine. And by the end of that push, there were 160 local groups formed across the nation in most regional uh, and major centres. Now, as part of this, we weren't prescriptive with how uh, local groups should put pressure on ComBank. We gave a few suggestions, uh, and we said that as long as they were non-violent and respectful, uh, that they could be as creative as they wanted. And so we provided a little bit of support, but broadly, we told people that we just didn't have the resources to support the number of people that we needed to get active on the campaign if we were gonna win. Uh, and so basically, leaders in their communities got on with the job brought their communities together and worked out together how are they going to put pressure on their local Commonwealth Bank branch. And quite honestly, the outcome was remarkable. Uh, people really rose to the challenge uh, and really put their most powerful ideas forward. Uh, now, there were literally hundreds of actions at Commonwealth Bank branches uh, of different types and forms. Uh, and I just want to run you through a couple of my favourite. So, at first, uh, it did start very slowly. People who uh, were customers of Commonwealth Banks wrote letters to Commonwealth Bank and uh, basically handed those over uh, to tellers, explaining to the bank that they wanted them to rule out uh, funding Adani's coal mine. Some members who did that had been with Commonwealth Bank their entire lives. And in fact, this lady here uh, from Coffs Harbour was actually a shareholder of Commonwealth Bank as well. Um, 
other people began just actually leaving Commonwealth Bank, and there were a lot of actions where people would get their credit cards and chop them up right in front of the bank, uh, take photos of themselves doing that, and switching to other banks. Bit of fun, this guy decided to attach a trailer to his bike, and he'd ride around the city uh, with a pretty clear message for Commonwealth Bank. Uh, and then things slowly began to escalate. Uh, Really, this started with actions that were happening out the front of offices. So uh, this is a group of friends here from the uh, Atherton Table region, uh, Tableland region uh, in far north Queensland. A couple of friends there. That guy's just hiding a cheeky sandwich there behind his placard. Fair enough. It's hungry work. Um, and then the actions started slowly getting bigger. So here's a group up in Port Macquarie. Anyone from Port Macquarie here today? you here, there we go, love that. Um, and they kept getting bigger again. This is from uh, the, out, the sort of Bayside area in Melbourne. Love that yellow megaphone, it's very on brand. Uh, this was a crew in Castle, Maine, uh, who obviously we wouldn't condone this behaviour, um, uh, but that scaled the building the night before and dropped that banner off the top. And then that night, uh, literally 100 or more people uh, gathered uh, out the front. It was totally chockers out the front of that branch. Uh, and then the major start centres really started kicking off. So, you know, here we've got uh, Brisbane at one of the major Commonwealth Bank headquarters there. Melbourne, turning it on, as usual. Uh, lots of people down in Melbourne. You can see a woman over there with a drum kit. More and more instruments coming along. People getting loud. Uh, this was in Canberra. Canberra love wordplay. Oh boy, do they. And um, you know, not to be outdone by everyone else, they decided that they would have a massive ruler on their banner with the words, rule out Adani. Lovely, very clever Canberra. <coughs> this was in Perth. Uh, so yeah, Perth did an action uh, where they wanted to sort of symbolise the other things they wanted to see Commonwealth Bank invest in. So they brought along windmills, they brought along solar panels. Uh, there was another group that did this where they had a voting booth out the front of Commonwealth Bank's branch where you could vote in one bucket uh, for if you wanted Commonwealth Bank to invest in renewables and you could vote in the other bucket if you wanted people to, invoke, uh, to invest in Adani's coal mine. It was a great way of engaging customers as they were coming into the branch. Obviously, very embarrassing for Commonwealth Bank to know that that was going on outside of branches. And then costumes started coming out. So here we've got Nemo. Nemo's been a real mascot of the Fight for the Reef campaign. Obviously uh, symbolises a healthy reef. Very humanoid Nemo. Um, and speaking of the reef, uh, this action involved a bunch of people uh, dressing up in uh, white uh, jumpsuits uh, and, you know, sort of dressing up as bleached reef. On a side note, uh, actually three of those uh, four uh, children are actually the original school strikers in Australia. Um, yeah, which is really cool. Uh, so they're obviously hard at it, and I'll talk a little bit more about them uh, in a little while as well. Uh, an action to, uh, that I really love, this group did a measure in where they wanted uh, Commonwealth Bank's new climate policy to measure up. Uh, clearly our movement loves wordplay, and so um, basically they got as many rulers and measuring tapes and other things as they could, uh, gathered together a lot of young people and parents, basically let their kids run amok around the branch, just measuring every surface they could find. Um, 
which was great, you know, probably a good way to teach kids about how to measure things as well, as well as get to, you know, find out how to be an active citizen. Um, so that was a great action. Uh, we started finding Commonwealth Bank literally anywhere they went. So uh, if you can actually see in the background of this photo, there's a Commonwealth Bank sort of stall there. Uh, so this was at a market in Lismore or Byron Bay, sort of Northern Rivers area. Um, and same thing was happening at university. Commonwealth Bank would go to university open day, local students there would see it, and they would be organised by the next day, protesting out the front of our Commonwealth Bank stall. At all times, non-violent respectful, uh, but they really couldn't go anywhere uh, without Stopadani people being there. Uh, one group had a dance party across the main doors of one of the Commonwealth Bank branches, which was great. Uh, people could get in, but they obviously had to boogie down. Um, and a lot of songs, oh my goodness, a lot of songs were generated uh, about Commonwealth Bank's, uh, you know, investments in Adani, uh, including one called Combank, Why Dig Up Coal to the tune of YMCA, um, which I'd obviously be obliged to give you a taste of. Uh, it goes like this, Combank, there's no need to dig coal, we say Combank, and leave a poisonous hole, we say Combank, with farmers paying the toll, we must leave it in the ground and you get the picture. Um, <laughs> and of course the YMCA bit was, why dig up coal? Naturally. Um, so people, are there was a lot of fun, there was a lot of creativity, uh, which again was, you know, helping turn out those, uh, our community, especially a community of people who are often very concerned about the issue of climate change, which, you know, let's face it, is broadly speaking a bit of a downer. Uh, Doctors and nurses came out, uh, so this was an action that happened here in Sydney, uh, led by both doctors and nurses. Pretty stark message there, um, you know, linking together the fact that coal fuels climate change, which does fuel dangerous impacts like heat waves. Um, so that was, yeah, very powerful action that happened there. And then things really started to escalate. Uh, so such as this, this was a sit-in uh, that happened in a major Commonwealth Bank branch in Brisbane. Uh, they were there for many hours. Uh, a, a group of people of faith from many different denominations and religions uh, again staged a peaceful sit-in uh, at Commonwealth Bank's headquarters in Sydney. Um, they were there meditating, doing Buddhist meditations, they were doing scripture readings, they were singing hymns, uh, was a sight to see. Uh, this was an action that happened in Sydney, it was a game in, where basically a group of about 50 people collected up every uh, pack of Uno cards and, and uh, regular cards and board games they could find, uh, went into the Commonwealth Bank's uh, main headquarters here in Sydney, uh, found themselves a comfortable spot in a circle and basically played games all day long. Um, and I think one of the interesting consequences of this particular type of action, you can see a few people lining up behind them there, um, is that for Commonwealth Bank it was also getting increasingly embarrassing because it wasn't just their retail customers that were having to walk past activists and often were siding with the activists, it was starting to be their commercial customers as well, you know, big wigs would come to the headquarters for their big wig meeting on floor Affinity and One and, you know, they would have to walk past a group of activists, uh, which is very embarrassing for the bank, obviously, especially when it's something that so many Australians feel so deeply about. 
And then, of course, not to be outdone with wordplay, uh, Canberra uh, rounded up a group of public servants and uh, staged a series of actions around uh, doing a public service, uh, calling on Commonwealth Bank to do a public service and stop Adani's coal mine. Uh, and in fact, Canberra got so good at this that the uh, local grassroots group there effectively got to the point where they could just organise an action on Facebook, Commonwealth Bank, which was monitoring their page, would assume that that action was a goer, and even if one person on a ukulele rocked up, they would close the branch. Um, so they got very good at it. Uh, yeah, and all the while, uh, you know, the actions, they'd be colourful, they'd be loud, um, they'd be creative, you know, uh, increasingly at the end they'd be disruptive. Um, but they were always respectful and they were always non-violent. And, and it really is for this reason that staff remained on site. I, I personally was at an action uh, and it wasn't uncommon for staff to provide uh, groups uh, in their branches that were doing a sit-in in their branch or something like that with water, uh, with lollies, uh, to have a bit of a chat in between chants, very difficult to chat over the top of chants. Um, and there was basically little to no police interference. Uh, and I think, you know, especially that's because uh, people were so respectful, they were so nonviolent, but also it's because, you know, Commonwealth Bank probably didn't want to place these guys under arrest. Um, it's not a good look when you've got that level of mainstream Australia participating in actions. So, you know, these were just examples also of actions that we knew about. Um, there were way too many to keep track of, like I said. It was really a strategy that people just could pick up and run with in their community. Um, and we do find out about more and more all the time. I'll be catching up with a group. They'll tell me about, you know, the Commonwealth Bank campaign. I'll find out a new great story of something creative and awesome that they did. And, you know, it is because those local Sabadani groups, they weren't waiting for environment organisations before they got on with it in, in their community. Um, they were really taking leadership, bringing their friends together, and, uh, and doing it. And it, it really is because of that that our movement was able to get to a level of scale that we absolutely could not have got to if they had been waiting for us. Uh, there's just no way we would have had the time to answer all the questions or have that conversation. It's because they got on with it um, that we were able to reach this level of scale. Uh, and as that pressure escalated and that scale got bigger and bigger, our Commonwealth Bank really did become more and more concerned. Um, there was a growing media storm. Uh, there were angry shareholders. Customers were leaving. Clients were unimpressed. Uh, more and more staff inside of Commonwealth Bank itself were taking a side with the Stopadani supporters and raising their concerns internally. And so... They caved. Um, Commonwealth Bank uh, said that they wouldn't fund Adani's coal mine. Which, yeah, we felt was a pretty big deal. Yeah? Um, we'd managed to push what was the biggest corporation in Australia that had previously funded Adani's coal mine to rule out ever doing... Oh, well, not Adani's coal mine, other projects that Adani had uh, to rule out ever investing in Adani's coal mine. Uh, so... You know, since that time, uh, there's been a lot of other uh, wins on the Stopadani front. So I'm not going to spend as much time on all of them, but just to run through some of the big ones. Um, shortly after the Commonwealth Bank win, uh, we pushed 
a number of uh, Chinese construction or Chinese banks, which are some of the biggest banks in the world, um, to rule out Adani's coal mine, which led to the Chinese embassy uh, releasing a memo assuring Australians that uh, no uh, Chinese bank would be involved in Adani's coal mine. Uh, so, you know, the biggest economy in the world ruled out uh, Adani's coal mine, so that was, uh, that was a nice win. Um, several engineering firms have also ruled out working with Adani's coal mine after being pushed by activist pressure, including an engineering firm called Dana EDI. Uh, the Queensland government, so at one point the federal government uh, wanted to give Adani's coal mine a billion dollars of taxpayer money. Um, you know, Adani uh, is a billionaire. We don't really see the sense in giving a billionaire a billion dollars of taxpayer money, especially when it's for a new coal mine. Uh, and so there was a huge campaign that was run in Queensland by the Stop Adani campaign, um, pushing the Premier to basically say that she would not uh, let that money flow through to Adani. Uh, so again, a massive win on that front. Uh, and in the election uh, just gone, uh, basically, every high-profile independent candidate in the lower house uh, came out strongly opposed to Adani's coal mine uh, and made that publicly known because there was just so much talk of it across their electorate and so much organising being done uh, in their electorates by Stop Adani groups. And we also know that along the way, we have had tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, of face-to-face, one-on-one conversations with members of the community. And that has led to huge spikes in opposition to Adani's coal mine. At the moment, we're sitting at roughly two-thirds of Australians um, are opposed to Adani's coal mine. Um, and that's not to mention that almost 80% of Australians that say that they are very concerned about climate change and want to see action on it. Now, obviously, uh, we haven't won yet. Uh, at the moment, I'm afraid to say that both the major parties uh, still haven't intervened and stopped Adani's coal mine or come up with a plan uh, for communities to move beyond coal in a way that leaves no one behind. And Adani are still determined. Uh, it was recently uh, reported that Adani seemed to have scraped the bottom of the international finance barrel and potentially found some finance. It's not confirmed at this point. They have almost all the government approvals they need. I'm sure uh, many of you might have heard about that on the news. Uh, and on some small aspects of the project, they've actually uh, started construction. Um, although there are questions uh, that have now been raised twice around the legality of that construction. Um, now, you know, whilst that might sound grim, uh, there is still time to stop Adani's coal mine. And, and really, you know, the fight to stop Australia's biggest coal mine uh, in, uh, in our history is far from over. Uh, and, and as that challenge gets bigger, uh, we obviously need more people, um, which is what I'm about to talk to all of you right now. Uh, so where to from here? Well, uh, right now, we've got two challenges as a movement. We need to hold Adani's coal mine at bay. Like I said, it'll be the biggest coal mine in Australia's history. The whole coal industry uh, are rallying behind it. It has become a symbol that is far greater than the coal mine itself. And at the same time, we need to build towards broader climate demands, uh, such as a fair transition for communities and people in coal communities 
so that they can move beyond coal in a way that leaves no one behind. Now, I'll finish on our plan to back in those broader demands, uh, but first, how are we going to hold Adani's coal mine at bay? Well, one by one, uh, we have been pushing companies to not work with Adani, and each company that rules out Adani makes it that little bit harder uh, for them to find another company that's willing to do the work. And the next company that we'd like to rule out Adani's coal mine uh, is an engineering firm called GHD. Out of curiosity, can you put your hand up really high? Have you ever heard of this engineering company, GHD? Really high in the air. Okay, we've got one here, a few over here. All right. So GHD, they're a big company, big multinational company, about 10,000 staff. Um, they have worked with Adani in the past, and there's every indication that they will work with Adani again, uh, except they really don't have to. Uh, GHD make their money from a range of different industries and sectors. You can see just some of them uh, listed here. They don't need to be involved with Adani's coal mine. Now, just like with ComBank, uh, we have sent GHD a polite letter asking them uh, to rule out Adani's coal mine. And so far, we haven't had a, and that was in October, and so far, we haven't had a reply. Uh, does that sound familiar? Uh, and so, in the spirit of, you know, escalating slowly but surely, giving a company many opportunities to say that they'll do the thing, uh, local groups across Australia have been sending GHD uh, a lot of letters, a lot of email, uh, with the name of, you know, escalating, uh, if those letters and emails aren't responded to. And so, I'd really love for us to actually have an opportunity to take some action right now. You know, absolutely, the Stop Adani movement is built on collective action, uh, not collective rumination. And so, uh, basically, I'm going to ask everyone to do something that I don't usually ask people to do in a talk, and Kamal's going to kill me. Um, but I'd like you all to get your phones out, please. Um, so, if everyone can get out your phone, hold it right up in the air so I can see when you've got it all out. Takes a little while, might be in your pocket. Yeah, we've got a few over here, a few more. Grab your phone out, hold it right up in the air so I can see when you've got your phones out. Great, keep them coming, keep them coming, a few more. There we go, left pocket, right pocket, back pocket, in between my legs, in the bag, in the goodie bag. Okay, great. So what I want you to do is, um, I'm going to get you to go to this website, so open your browser. If you don't have your uh, phone on you or you're not a browser type of person, that's cool. Uh, grab your notepad and pen, write this down. You can do it when you get home or look over the shoulder of the person in front of you and make sure they do it. No, and watch them do it uh, so that you can uh, remember for next time. See some of you taking a photo of it. That's another great option as well. I want you to head along to this website. Uh, and I basically, if you scroll down to the bottom of the page, you can punch in your details and send GHD an email. I know for a fact that there's nothing that GHD would dislike more uh, than getting 800 angry letters from 800 uh, nurses and midwives. So that would be great. Um, so we'll start slowly with GHD. We'll escalate slowly but surely, give them plenty of opportunities, call on them to rule out Adani's coal mine. So I'll let you keep working away at that. Uh, great, and once you've done that, also, you know, give yourself a pack on the back. You've just joined uh, the Stop Adani movement. Congratulations. Um, so, uh, as I said earlier, we've got these two aims. We need to stop the Adani coal mine. The other uh, big thing we need to do is build towards broader um, climate goals, including a fair transition for uh, coal communities and workers. Um, who's heard of the school strike for climate? Anyone? Great. Can I have a round of applause for the School Strike for Climate, please? Like, they're pretty incredible. 
So their last school strike, this is an image obviously of Sydney. Uh, I'm just there, you can see me. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm actually way out the back, desperately trying to siphon people into this very small square. It turns out the uh, action was way bigger than anyone had anticipated. In fact, that day of action, uh, the school strikers turned out 150,000 Australians on the same day, which is actually the biggest climate mobilisation in Australia's history. And they did it on a Friday. So, you know, they definitely put uh, us adult climate organisers to shame. That said, um, yeah, they are remarkable. Uh, the day before, during and after these actions, they generated uh, 3,000 media stories across the nation. Uh, you can only imagine the literal millions of conversations in Australian homes that they are generating. Uh, and their first demand is to stop the Adani coal mine. Um, now, the school strikers, uh, there's some key ways that we can support them and show solidarity with them. And also, you know, I actually think the New South Wales uh, Nurses and Midwives uh, Association actually did endorse their last strike. I'm pretty sure I checked that just before I got here, which is awesome. And so we can talk about, yeah, some of the ways that the union might be interested in um, backing in these students as well. So their next strike, it's another one for you to plug into the brain, write down on a notepad, text it to yourself, something. Their next strike is on September 20th. Uh, in Sydney, it's going to be in the domain. The time is still to be confirmed. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely want to make sure you know about that, write that down, keep that recorded. And uh, for the union, uh, especially uh, for those of you in the room that are in a position to sort of... Um, vote and pass motions and have a discussion about this at a local level. Uh, like I said, the union has endorsed the last one, uh, but absolutely it's how we can turn out our members at a local member uh, at a local level. That's really going to be how we get those numbers to back in the next school strike on September 20th. Uh, is, yeah, opportunity for you to have that dialogue at a level where you can pass motions to endorse the school strike uh, and turn out your members at a local uh, level to turn out. If you're in Sydney, that one in the domain is the main one, but if you're in regional areas, the school strikers are everywhere. Um, you'll, if you want to find out uh, where there are strikes, I'm about to put a website up. There's already a range of regional areas popping up. There will be a lot more. Last time there were strikes in, I think, 65 places. Um, so, yeah, uh, pass those motions or have that dialogue internally that you need to have to turn out your members to those local actions and then turn out to those local actions. Um, and the other one is, if you are in a position to do this, come along in your uniform. Uh, for the school strikers, coming in uniform is really symbolic for them of the fact that they are school children that are turning out to these things. And I, I know that the school strikers would love to see uh, nurses and midwives in their uniform uh, as a sign of, you know, that the nurses uh, and midwives have got their back. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's actually already, uh, on a side note, been some incredible examples of the school strikers taking solidarity with union members as well. Uh, I don't know how this has transpired yet. I don't know if they were there yet. But down in Tasmania, there are some cleaners uh, uh, that are unionised in the schools of Tasmania that are uh, in negotiations. And the school strikers have engaged with the union. And if they go on strike, then the school strikers will be going in strike in solidarity with the cleaning workers at the school. Um, so there's some pretty incredible transfer. Yeah. Great. And then the final one is join us. Um, across Sydney and across New South Wales, there are Stopadani groups. 
Um, this was at one of our most recent assemblies where we gathered together key leaders of uh, all the Stoppadani groups across New South Wales. Um, that is the email address, info at stoppadani.com. If you want to find out where there's a local group in your local area, hit up that email address. If you want to launch a new group, there's a lot of nurses uh, that lead in this movement uh, and are coordinators of groups, actually, in a number of cases. Hit up that email. Um, if you address it to me, I'm the organiser for uh, basically Sydney south of the harbour and South Australia, uh, then you'll be in touch with me um, or I can put you in contact with someone else if you're not in that area. Great. And then the last slide is this one. And uh, just for the tech team, if you can leave it up while I'm doing Q&A, that'd be great. Um, again, if you've got your phones on you, this is a great slide to take a photo of. It's got everything um, that I've talked about today. But yeah, first up, send GHD an email. I can literally do that while you're sitting in chair. Right now, that takes two minutes, and that will make a huge difference to getting that next cab off the rank. Join the school strike on September 20th. If you go to that website, all the current strikes are listed there. Um, and can put you in touch with those local strikes. And yeah, join a Stoppadani group or heck, even start one uh, by emailing that email and um, you'll be in touch with me or your relevant uh, support person. And yeah, on that note, I would just like to thank the union for inviting me along to talk today. It's a great honour to talk in front of a room uh, of so many nurses and midwives and uh, union members as well. Um, I've been a union member my whole working life. I'm very proud to be union. Um, so thanks so much for your time. Thank you.